Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. We heard the sound and we saw this tremendously large object moving through the sky. And it was like a scene out of Independence Day. Whatever the hell it was, I don't know. But it was definitely identified. It was definitely flying. It was definitely a large object. Aaron Rodgers from the final episode of Hard Knocks, which I have not yet seen. Chris has not yet seen it either. We will both watch it at some point, eventually. Aaron Rodgers saw a UFO. I think he may have been eating those magic mushrooms or the well, he, he couldn't have saw it, it locked up in a dark room. You know, there's, there's, he couldn't see anything out of there, so it, it wasn't then. I don't know. You know, hey, maybe all these things that we've heard people yell at UFOs. I mean, we've seen, you've seen all the evidence, right? We, you and I were shocked what three months ago how like the government's having hearings on UFOs, and it seemed like most of the public was just like, ah, yeah, so what? There's flying saucers around, so. I don't know. It seems like the more we go here, the more I start to hear that, that people have seen it, and there is evidence that they're here. They're here. It really is an amazing, <laughs> it is an amazing turn of events where for years people were screaming that there's some sort of unidentified aerial phenomenon. I think that's what they call it now. And the government was like, no, 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 no. Now the government's like, yes, 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 yes. And everybody's like, yeah, that's okay. We got enough crap to worry about. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we welcome the invasion. Please come, come take us. This is the perfect Help time us, to do us. it. All right, this is the perfect time to be in Kansas City. One of us is in Kansas City. One of us is not. If you're watching the program, you can tell which one is in our natural habitat and which one has been relocated from it. Had a long travel day yesterday. It is not easy to get from Pittsburgh to Kansas City through the traditional means. I probably would have gotten here faster, Chris, if I had driven, maybe if I had walked. Well, so first off, first thing is, where the hell are you? Are you in a museum? Is that What the hell is behind you? I, I don't know what that is there. I, I feel like I, I, I'm seeing, is that like, what is hanging up behind you? You sound like you're in some huge like auditorium. So tell me where you are in Kansas City. I'd like to hear this because I'm going to be there tomorrow, aren't I? Well, you will be at this same desk in this same spot. I just go where they tell me to go. I have learned over the years that that is the easiest way 
to get by. They tell you go there, you go there. They tell you come here, you come here. Wow, we got second camera angle here too. This is somewhere in the lobby of the hotel. And we were under the impression, I was under the impression, I don't know if you were under the impression, that we were staying at the same place where we had stayed when we were here back in early 2019 for what became the last ever Andrew Luck football game, the Chiefs hosting the Colts in the divisional round. This is not the same hotel unless they tore the whole place down and rebuilt a new one, which was, is much larger and more modern. This is not where we stayed four years ago, unless I was drinking ayahuasca during that trip, and I don't remember it. This is not, I've never been in this place before. But we're somewhere near the lobby. You will find it tomorrow. It is large, apparently. The sound quality not quite the same as being up in my attic with soundproofing and everything kind of held into one spot. You sound so like you're scared to be loud, like you don't want to disrupt the people in the lobby no, or something. No, I'm, I'm right. not. All I'm right. talking like I ordinarily talk. There's just, it's a much bigger space than it ordinarily is. Hey, just like I go where I'm told, I have no control over what happens with what comes out of my mouth. That's for others to figure out how to capture it and send it out to the world, such as Peacock, such as Sirius XM 85, such as live, at least I think we made it for a second day, on Sky Sports NFL after someone used a foul word yesterday. Of course, I did too. Apparently there are words that we are fine with that they frown upon, right. which is somewhat ironic, and I think I'm using that word properly. I never quite know, because there is one certain word that we never say. It is, like, completely off limits. It is forbidden, and they just throw it around all the time. And I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, and I don't want you to start making <laughs> guesses, but it is, like, one of the worst things you can say here. And they say it all the time. They just casually throw it around. So, anyway, we won't be using that word. We won't be using the other word. We're trying to use all the words that we are permitted to use All in right. both countries All as right. we go forward other, for the next two one hours. One other thing we got to unpack, okay, because I've heard you say this, like, well, y- you went from Pittsburgh to Kansas City. You act like you were on, like, a horse and buggy for seven days to get there. I mean, what, what, what the hell? What, what, you, you flew to an airport, and then you sat there for a little bit and got on a plane and then flew to another airport. I mean, what do you what do you want? A medal of honor for like a day's worth of travel getting to Kansas City? What do you want? No. I, <laughs> I, 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 uh, look, all I'm saying is the straightest distance or what, you know what? I screwed it up. The shortest distance between two points is a straight line, not the straightest distance between two points is a short line, although that's probably true as well. It doesn't sound as good. Shortest distance between two points is a straight line. So I don't know how I end up Kansas, you know, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, pretty easy. But you got to go to Atlanta. To get to Kansas City. And to get home, we're going to go to Dallas. Dallas, that's definitely not a straight line. So a couple of flights, some time in between. And, yes, it would be much easier to go to Pittsburgh, get on a plane, fly to Kansas City. So it took a long time. And it's not like I'd rather do that than drive. Because being in a car for that long, not worth it. So it wasn't horrible, but it is a long trip, longer than you would expect, longer than I think it's been in the past. But, see, some of us live in major metropolitan areas where all we do is get on a plane that comes straight to Kansas City from LaGuardia or wherever you're going to fly that's out. Right. So that's right. That's why I had to, that's why I I had to go. Yesterday, there was no way I could get here in time for the rehearsal we have tonight. It just There was no way to work it yeah, out. So no, I had to come I know, a day early, yeah. went to bed, and here we are. Just move up to myself. New York, well, Connecticut area. Here, all but your problems here. will be fixed. You can move right here. Yeah, everything Studio will be great. Six, everything will be, be good. Great. Yep, you you sell Chateau de Florio. In fact, you have so much money, you don't even have to sell it. Just let it sit there. Come up here, buy a new house, bring the family up. 
And we, you know, six months of the year, you just hang here with me, right? And we, we do the show every day in the morning. And then if you got to travel, it's easy. It's nonstop flights because, like you said, it's LaGuardia. Look at all these problems I'm fixing in your life. Just, damn, just move up here. That's all you got to do. I don't know if you have my wife's phone number. I'll send it to you, and you can start texting her those thoughts <laughs> and those ideas and those concepts, and you can see how long the conversation lasts if and when you ever not. get to that point. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you're, you're coming here today at some point. Yeah. We'll be here tomorrow, and I'll be here on Friday doing the split screens with Peter King because Chris doesn't work on Fridays except on very, very rare occasions, and apparently the first week of football season is not sufficiently rare to get Chris to hang around, even though you'll probably still be here well, like, on Friday no, morning. No, I won't. See, that's that's where, like, you know, yeah, there's a, there's a, oh, hey, do you think you want to do the show Friday? Well, no, it's Friday before the show, and I have already have a flight that comes back. It's, I have a 649 flight. I'm going on the way back, 649, connecting through Cleveland, and then having, I have to connect on the way home because I guess there's so many people wow. in that Kansas City area that are going to New York after this game uh, that, yes, direct flights were not easy to find for a lot of the NBC and Sunday night football crew because I don't know why. I'm sure NFL people, whatever, everybody's coming back up this way after that game. At least Cleveland is somewhat... Yeah, going in the, the right straight direction. Line from Kansas City right, right. to New York. You don't have to go to Atlanta or Miami or, you know, Phoenix as your first stop before you actually get to where you're trying to go. All right, where we're trying to go is through the NFL and around everything that's happening as we sit one day away from the start of the season. 272 regular season games with game number one coming Thursday night here in Kansas City. The Lions coming to town to take on the Chiefs as the Chief hang the banner. And, oh boy, you never know. This is the time of year where we just start to brace for anything. Any given time, you never know what's going to happen, where the twist is going to come from. And the twist came yesterday. The news broke of a hyperextended knee for star Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. Let's have a listen to what Coach Andy Reid had to say about the Kelsey injury. As far as injuries, uh, Kelsey hyperextended his knee today. So uh, we'll just see how he does um, going forward. Do you expect all those injured guys on your list? Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what, with the injuries, I'll give them to you tomorrow, or game day. And I'll, <laughs> I, I can't say it. everybody's good to go. I'll, you'll see the the axe when we get there. Did you see what happened with Kelsey? What did you Yeah, yeah, it was right in front of me. Yeah. Hyperextended his knee. Yeah. Anything else? Okay, good. And there he goes, two minutes and 20 seconds of Andy Reid talking about what had happened on Tuesday. Wednesday is the day that they do the final injury report and they apply the labels. Questionable, doubtful, or out will be one of the three labels that apply to Travis Kelsey. What I've seen, what I've heard, it doesn't look like he'll be able to go Thursday night. The real question is how long will he be out? The knee is swollen. No sign of ligament damage yet. It's hard to really check when there's swelling in the knee, but... I think for Thursday night, it's going to be an uphill climb. It's going to be a lot to get calmed down in just two days for him to be able to play. It kind of changes everything. Between him and Chris Jones, we'll talk about Chris Jones coming up, but not having Travis Kelsey, one of the most reliable weapons in the passing game for Patrick Mahomes, his security blanket, the guy who always seems to make a 
big play when a big play is needed. You don't have Kelsey, you got a problem. No, I agree. You know, one, one I just think, if you, you know, if we look into just the way Andy Reid was acting right there, we don't see him act like that very often. I think that just tells you a little bit that he was annoyed, disturbed, bothered, stressed out, whatever word or phrase you want to throw in there with it, right? I mean, Andy Reid, that was, you know, we never see him be short like that, walk off the stage as quickly like that. So, you know, yeah, they're, he's probably sick of some of the headaches he's had to deal with. You know, Chris Jones being one, like you said, Travis Kelsey, the other, right? And, of course, the go-to guy, the first game of the year, where you're still feeling things out. And the one thing that you know for sure is that Kelsey and Mahomes don't got to feel each other out. That'll be like riding a bike. So now, yeah, which I would think, one, a number of the plays in the offensive game plan are orchestrated around Travis Kelsey and his talents. And he's the first read of, let's say, 40% of the pass plays where, hey, we did this formation and lined up like this, and it's really all for Kelsey if they play the coverage we expect. So now it's like, whoa, wait, we, we got to cross out some of those plays or, you know, those plays are still in the game plan, but we certainly can't rely on them quite to the capacity we could with Kelsey. So you lose that aspect. And then, yeah, you mentioned Chris Jones, where you worry about the defense. So this might have been a night where, yeah, Andy Reid's going, hey, wait, their defense is not very good. We need to stay on the field a little bit. We need to execute and chew up some clock and do that. And now you've chopped off a leg there with Travis Kelsey, and I'm with you, Mike. I mean, uh, you know, hyperextension of a knee, I'd have a hard time thinking he's going to be able to play tomorrow. I I would think that's something at the very least – is next week maybe, and that's even if it was just a you know not too bad hyperextension. Uh, it's good news that it's nothing major and more than that. But yeah, this is going to be a pain in the butt for Kelsey here for just a little bit until he gets it all healed up and gets the swelling down. Well, for now, nothing more than that. Yeah, but who knows we'll what will happen right. as we get deeper and deeper into this? If there is some truth that is to be hidden by the Kansas City Chiefs, or at least downplayed for now. Remember. They don't have to make an announcement of a multi-week injury. They don't have to do anything. Put them on injured reserve, then we'll know. You can put guys on injured reserve and bring them back a certain number every year, but it's just every week. What's your final label? Questionable, doubtful, or out? You can do that every single week, and that's all you really have to say. Did he practice? If so, was he limited? What's his injury? And then at the end of the practice week, is he questionable, is he doubtful, or is he out? He does not miss many games I'm looking at his career dating back to 2014 when he first became a regular member of the Chiefs in his second season he appeared in 16 regular season games every year that there were 16 regular season games with the exception of one 2021 that was the first year of 17 he played in 16 he missed a game in 2017 he missed a game in 2020 and some of those may have been Hayes in the barn, we have the one seed, we don't need to play our players. Like 2017, that was the Mahomes last game of the year start in place of Alex Smith because they had right. their playoff positioning locked in. So I don't know how many games he's missed for injury, but I don't think he's missed many games for injury over the years. Maybe one or two, if that many. So this is a new thing for the Chiefs. It's a new thing for Travis Kelsey. Yeah, no, it, it is new. I mean, when you when you brought it up and we're like, he doesn't miss many games, I, I was racking through my brain going, I don't remember him ever missing a game, really, that I can remember, at least one that's significant, uh, that's for sure. 
Yeah, he's been, you know, he's gifted that way, just like his brother Jason is in Philadelphia. You know, they got that that caveman DNA where they can just, they're made for football and made for playing the sport and their body heals or whatever. But, yeah, this is, it's concerning. It's concerning because we know how awesome he is and it's the first game, like we said. But at the same time, hey, they got guys like Blake Bell, you know, Noah Forston, right? Noah Gray, excuse me. Uh, who's a pretty good athlete, and again, it's not Travis Kelsey. And then just like we learned last year, this is where I'm not going to go, oh, man, Kelsey's not playing. The Chiefs are in trouble. I just I, I think too much of the rest of the culture there, the team, everything that's been built there, let alone 1-5 still at quarterback. 1-5's at quarterback here. They have a very vast and expansive offense and they're just going to have to go to some other areas here and play a little bit of a different way. Maybe we'll see more four wide receiver sets on the field. You're going to see that maybe instead. Uh, but they'll, they'll find a new formula to attack nonetheless. And, you know, I don't know, I guess because of last year and the adjustments and how easy they made it look without Tyree Kill, uh, there's a part of me that goes, I don't know. I don't, I don't doubt that Patrick Mahomes still can't go out there and play an awesome game tomorrow night and execute, and they can be an offense where we go, damn, look at them. They're marching up and down the field in the Detroit Lions. I'm not going to count that group out just because Kelsey's not out there tomorrow. Apparently, Kelsey, as a rookie in 2013, did not play much but one snap. And it wasn't because he wasn't ready to join the lineup. It was because he had a knee injury, arthroscopic surgery. It revealed a cartilage issue that led to a microfracture procedure. That used to be the kiss of death for an NFL player. The microfracture procedure is the thing that uses scar tissue to simulate cartilage when you have no cartilage. And think of that. He's played this long without... Pretty amazing. The natural cartilage with this simulation, this replacement from the microfracture. I don't know if it's the same knee. We're going to have to do some research on that. But he's managed to play pretty much every game that he's been called upon to play since then. And uh, here we are. I'm looking at the depth chart. As, as you had mentioned, it would be Noah Gray and Blake Bell. Those are the two other tight ends behind Travis Kelsey. And then it comes down to what do the receivers do? Yeah. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Kadarius Toney, who had a knee issue. Yeah, he just got back. was declared the other day to right. be good to go by Coach Andy Reid. Sky Moore in year two, he's listed as one of the starting receivers. You've got Justin Watson, Rasheed Rice, the rookie they, they think a lot about that Patrick Mahomes was working out with before the draft. Remember, they took yep. him, so there could be something there. Richie James is floating around, Justin Ross on the depth chart as well. And then you wonder about what they're going to do with maybe the backs. Isaiah Pacheco, maybe they run the ball more. We know how angrily he runs and what he can do if they need to take advantage of him. Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Alaire also there. So they've got weapons, and they still have Mahomes. But when you take away Kelsey, that's a pretty important chess piece. That's a guy that can do a lot of things. That's a guy who can make a difference. That's a guy that you can count on. And what Mahomes is going to need is to count on someone else to step up and be the guy he can count on. The guy who gets open. The guy who's there on third and seven. The guy who's there to make the catch and run it into the end zone at a time when maybe the game is close. Maybe they're down four points in the third quarter. Who knows? But Kelsey's just always that presence. And, Chris, you take him off the field, what happens? You free up defenders. You don't have to focus on it. 
You don't have to be obsessed with him. I remember for this opening game of the season some eight years ago when the big question in the NFL was how in the hell can anyone defend Rob Gronkowski? And we spent the whole week talking about how the Steelers are going to defend Gronkowski in the week one game after one of the Patriots Super Bowl wins. And Kelsey is like that. You have to account for him at all times. That's a comment that Dan Campbell, the coach of the Lions, made not that long ago. Well, if he's not on the field, you don't have to account for him, and it's easier to deploy your assets to focus on some of these other guys who might not be as proven. just puts a lot of pressure on them. And you're right, it all comes back to Mahomes. And it's going to test that relationship, that ability he has to press buttons on guys, all that time that they've spent working out together. This is where you get the payoff. Is Mahomes able to activate these other guys to perform the way that Kelsey would if Kelsey was there? Yeah, I mean, you know, they might not get that exact production right out of one of them. But I think the beauty of what the Chiefs have orchestrated here a little bit is if they can keep at least the rest of this group intact here, there's there's versatility. And a little bit like we talked about yesterday where you're going to get into the game and go, all right, now I don't even know who they're going to really feature on a third and five or third and six. Now, Kelsey, it's his get-out-of-jail-free card. That's the biggest thing. I mean, we talked about it yesterday. You know, we, we watch teams right? They got plans for Travis Kelsey. Oh, we're going to double him. We're going to do this. And it doesn't really matter. I mean, he's doubled and then he uncovers somewhere. Mahomes pats the ball and slides and then throws him the ball and you go, well, they doubled them. They did the right, they did the right thing, but he got a completion for eight and then turned up the field for 12 more yards. You know, that's where he's right in front of uh, the quarterback in Mahomes. So whenever he's moving in the pocket, his eyes go there a lot of the times let alone when he scrambles or does anything like that. That's another area where I feel like Travis Kelsey is always candidate number one when Mahomes is running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Okay, he finds Kelsey over the middle, you know, shuffle pass, across the body, whatever. So that's where it's going to hurt for sure. But, you know, all, all in all, this is, it's still a group that I, I think, you know, Sky Moore, yeah, he's young, but he's been around the block here. And they got high hopes for him. Kadarius Toney, of course, he's, again, not old, but it's third year in the NFL. It's not like he's going to be a deer in the headlights. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, been around the league for a little bit. We talked about Noah Gray. Noah Gray's been in the league for a little while. They got a guy in Justin Watson who's a big receiver who contributed last year. They still have one of the best all lines in football. They can run the ball a little bit, like you said. And I know Detroit made some improvements to their defense, but I still got to see it a little bit. I'm not sitting here on, on a Wednesday before the game just going, oh, man, you know, Detroit, whoa, watch out. That front seven, they, po- they pose so many problems here. And uh, No, it's a little bit like you got to see it to believe it. I know they got Aiden Hutchinson, but who else they got? Who else is going to get around Mahomes? We just – you know, a few months ago saw one of the greatest pass rushers in the history of the sport have a hard time getting to the guy. So that's where I'm, I'm not going to count this out, you know, as far as their offensive production and what they'll do there. Uh, I, it's a great system they have. We know that. And I think these parts are a lot, you know, very easily interchangeable. And that's where I'll still give them certainly a, a fighting chance in this one against Detroit's defense who, yeah, like I said, was the worst in football last year. And, yeah, they'll probably be better, but how much better? And, and i got to evaluate that a little bit before I start to say they're going to shut down the Chiefs. 
One of the realities for the Lions, they've been preparing and preparing and preparing yeah. to face Travis Kelsey. Right. So now, two days before the game, you rip up that plan and you come up with a new one. What are we going to do to defend the Chiefs without Kelsey? We do have some resources freed up. What do we do with them? How do we zig when they zag away from Travis Kelsey? So that adds another layer of stress. What if they felt really good about their plan for sure. Travis Kelsey? And they've been practicing, and they've been honing, and they've been thinking about it since the moment they saw that they get the assignment of opening the season against the Chiefs on the night they hang the banner. we got to stop Mahomes. we got to stop Kelsey. we got to have a plan. Oh, we thought of this. Oh, we thought of that. Hey, we thought of this. Oh, sh- crap. I'm going to set it. Oh, crap. It's gone two days before the game. And it's good. Good problem to have. We don't have to worry about Travis Kelsey. Bad problem to have. What are we going to do on the fly here to come up with a way to pivot to these other guys? And a couple of statistics that I think are very important here. Travis Kelsey has 85 career receiving touchdowns. The rest of the Chiefs receivers and tight ends on the entire roster have 37 combined. And this is a great stat. Last year, Travis Kelsey had an NFL-high 14 receptions when his quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, held onto the ball for four seconds or longer. Right, there you go. So he is that security blanket. He is that guy. When all else fails, just throw it to 87. Right. Oh, no, 87 isn't out there. What am I going to do when all else fails? And you know what we may see under those circumstances is a little more of that Mahomes broken field running where everybody else seems to not know what's going on and everything's frenetic and off he goes and just kind of sneaks through the defense for 25 yards. That may be his fallback option for however many games he doesn't have Travis Kelsey, which exposes him, obviously, to injury. And he's learned over the years how to avoid that. But that could be one of the realities. You've got Mahomes going laterally to buy some time 87's not out there, so he just decides I'm going to tuck it and I'm going to get what I can and sneak out of bounds. I mean, that, that, was, that was what set up their Super Bowl berth last year. Snuck out of bounds, got hit late by Joseph Asai, 15 yards, and a game that it felt like they were going to lose, they win. So that may be the way that Mahomes deals with it. If nothing else is there, I'll just take off. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think so. I think they got, you know, that – they, they always are creative with their game plans, regardless who's in the lineup. You know, that, that's an Andy Reid staple, right? Bye week, first game of the year. So I would think they have some different looks and some different things there. And then because of Mahomes, and this is when you're in the same system and, you know, it's the same quarterback for a long, long time, right? A lot of these sets and things they do, hey, Travis Kelsey's the inside of three receivers. Well, they, they got other packages where, you know, a receiver plays that position instead of Travis Kelsey, and he's run some of those routes and, and does, you know, some of those things for, for the Chiefs offense and their playbook. Yeah, it's not going to exactly be the same. Uh, so things are going to be a little different. But to a point you brought up, because, you know, thinking about the game and who I'm going to pick and doing all that a little bit, right? Hey, no Chris Jones, certainly not good. But the one thing I thought of there is just, you know, they, the, the Lions and kind of what you said, they might have been preparing for one thing, and now the Chiefs go, wait, we don't have Chris Jones. We might have to play this a little different way on the defensive side of the ball, where the Lions maybe aren't going to be as prepared for this new style. 
I certainly have thought about that a little bit. And then even with this Travis Kelsey injury, right, I I think the thing that Detroit's going to have to figure out to what you were talking about, yeah, we have all these packages. We're going to double them on every third and four and third and five. What are they going to do now? I think that's going to be something to watch out for in the football game. Are they going to just play vanilla and play normal defenses? Are they still going to just go to the next suspect? Do they go, okay, let's double Kadarius Toney because we think he'll be the next guy that gets you know a lot of the plays his way? Do you double sometimes the position on the field, right? Mike, sometimes the defense has a call where they just go, you know, we're doubling the tight end or the inside of three receivers or the slot receiver or no matter what. So, yeah, there's going to be some reorganizing by Detroit's game plan a little bit as well. Uh, and I'll be interested tomorrow night to just kind of see how they attack it. Well, and two other points before we move on. One, you know, Patrick Mahomes goes above and beyond to create the right relationship with his receivers, brought them down to Texas, rented a house for them in the offseason, works with them and works with them and is yeah. with them and always taking notes. Andy Reid told you last year in advance of the playoff game against Jacksonville how during those off-season player-only workouts, getting intel from Mahomes on what routes guys like to run and how it all works. Well, no one has been closer to Mahomes since Mahomes became the starting quarterback of the Chiefs than Travis Kelsey. Remember when Texas Tech was in the Final Four in men's basketball and Mahomes was there? Who was right next to him? Yeah. It was Travis Kelsey. Once Kelsey knew what he had in Mahomes, Kelsey became fused at the hip with Mahomes. They're always, not always, but you get my point. Yeah. That's the tightest relationship of any of the two players on the team. And, and that's a dynamic that we can't overlook because who does he have that comfort level with? He may be comfortable with everybody else. He doesn't have the comfort level that he has no, he does with not. Travis Kelsey. And one other thing, too, as you're talking about all the different things that they could do, they could try to double Kadarius Tony, and he's a guy that they think could develop into the number one receiver. And again, he had a knee issue that caused him to most miss most of training camp in the preseason. You got Sky Moore. You got Marquez Valdez-Scantling. The Lions have C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who has proven to have great instincts when it comes to go get the ball. And when you take Travis Kelsey out of the mix, why double anyone? Single these guys and let Gardner-Johnson do his thing, where he's just roving around, relying on instincts, go get the ball. Ball's in the air, go get the ball. So I don't know if I'd double anybody. When I got this new chess piece On my defense, which could make my defense better, can't get much worse than it was last year, who maybe can just rely on instinct, film study, where's this ball going to go, how can I get myself in position to go make a play without specifically trying to neutralize any one guy. What do you think of that? No, I I, I think there's a real possibility that happens, definitely. And then I think, you know, the point to kind of what you're saying there and and you, you referenced it a little bit, and I wanted to. I should have piggybacked off it. Piggybacked off it is is his movement and scrambling. Yeah, maybe this is what frees them up to worry about that a little bit. Now we don't have to worry about tra- doubling Travis Kelsey. We could have a a spy here to watch Mahomes on third and six, so he doesn't scramble for a first down. Do something like that. It's certainly going to add flexibility to their game plan in some of these situations. Um, yeah, yeah, listen, we I've sat here and tried to make a case 
that they'll still be okay. It's not, you know, listen, it's it's not going to be as okay as it was with Travis Kelsey and the Kansas City Chiefs. I know that. But it's still a team that's got championship merit. It's an awesome offense. The quarterback we know is very special. You know, there is a system that's tried and true there. And they got guys that, you know, can at least – at least support, or not. I don't want to say supplant, but but make up for some of the areas they're going to miss for Travis Kelsey. But you can't you can't totally replace that. We know that, and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the Lions do on the defensive side of the ball and how they attack it, and just you know adds another wrinkle to this football game here. We're excited to see the Chiefs hang the banner. They haven't got to do that because the last time COVID was there and all that, and. Man, it's just, uh, yeah, Tony hurt at the beginning of camp. Chris Jones not in there. Now Travis Kelsey. Uh, Chiefs certainly being tested here early on before we play some ball. And then the one issue that we knew about, that we spent a lot of time yesterday talking about it, we've written multiple items about it at PFT, the lingering holdout of one of the best defensive players in football, defensive tackle Chris Jones. Andy Reid, in his brief press conference yesterday, was asked about Jones. Let's see how Reed handled the question. Can you provide any kind of update on the status of uh, Chris Jones in terms of any progress or expectations? No progress. Yeah, no progress. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics, this summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. To you, would there be an emotional value to just having a resolution with Chris and being able to have him in the building on Thursday? Listen, wait, I haven't even gone there. I mean, we're, we're focused in on the guys that are here playing the Lions and getting ready to play the Lions, and that's that's where I'm at. If you're not there, you're not there. And unfortunately, that's the name of this game, you know. So you can't spend time. you got to exhaust your time on the team that you're playing. So that's where we're at. Yeah, look, they're locked in on the Lions. they got issues now with Travis Kelsey. they got to reconfigure the offensive game plan, et cetera, et cetera. Chris Jones hasn't been there. It's not some sudden injury. At least they've been able to plan for not having Chris Jones. They've got to come up with a plan on the fly for not having Travis Kelsey. Yeah. They've known this was an issue. Yeah. And I think they've sensed where this all stands. This isn't going to be 
one of the holdouts that just ends because the player wakes up one day and says, you know what, I miss football, I'm done with this, I'm ready to go. He's already proven his resolve by holding out as long as he has. And I don't get the vibe that he is going to just break. It's going to need to come from some movement by the Chiefs. And if the Chiefs aren't willing to make a move, they know he's not going to be there. And here we are, Wednesday morning. Even if he shows up right now, I think we're getting close to the point where it would be professional malpractice to put him on the field this soon after showing up. He's going to show up today, and you're going to have him play tomorrow night when he hasn't practiced with the team. We don't know what kind of shape he's in. How much time do you even have to evaluate what kind of shape he's in? Yeah. And you're going to throw him out there and potentially get him injured? I think even if he's there right now, you don't play him tomorrow night, which raises the next question, Chris. I mean, what's the urgency in even trying to get it done right now? No. I... They know they're not going to have him tomorrow night. Kick it until Friday, Saturday, and try to get him in the fold for the week two trip to Jacksonville, which used to be an easy W this year. Maybe not. That would be goal number one. Just get him in the building so he can be a real contributor week two in Jacksonville. I, I think that, that, that I hear you there. You know, yes, his effect on the game tomorrow night, if they signed him right now, I, I, I'm not expecting much. And, yeah, I think you do have to debate and get a feel and – kind of see where he is physically, whether you'd even want him to play. Now, guys like Chris Jones, right, like we saw Aaron Donald or T.J. Watt when they went without, you know, practice or doing anything, they just jump in and just they can kick butt. They're a different breed that way, right? That's why they are who they are. But, you know, to to what you're saying, you can't – it's not going to be 65 plays. If he did play tomorrow night and they signed him here in the next few hours, it's going to be – He's going to play 15 to 20 plays, an important third down, an important second down, whatever. They're going to try to pick their spots. And you're right. Ultimately, they got to be careful with that. That's going to be the main thing. But, yeah, I think you want to get them in right now and have some urgency, you know, especially in a short week like this to where, yeah, if you got him signed today or tomorrow or whatever, then he's got the weekend to kind of work and get back in the swing of things. And he's got a long week to prepare for Jacksonville. That would be the best-case scenario. But, yeah, uh, as, as far as effect of tomorrow night, I'm with you. I don't expect much, if anything at all, or if, if, he, if he did come back. You mentioned T.J. Watt. Yeah. And he made a great impact right away. Right. Difference between the holdout and the, and hold, the hold in. in. Right. With the hold in, even though he wasn't practicing, he was there. Yep. They were able to watch him. Yep. They were able to work with him. He was working out. He just wasn't putting himself in harm's way on a practice field or in a preseason game. But the moment the deal was done, they knew what they had. They knew he was good to go. With Chris Jones, they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know what he's going to look like. Now, look, I assume he's working out and he's ready to go. He understands the stakes. But it's one thing to work out on your own. It's another thing to be working out under the guidance and supervision of the team just for their purposes so they know where you are. So there's going to be a certain amount of time that the team needs to figure out where this guy is. And the later he walks through the door, the harder that is going to be. And I, I still think the incentive is get him there for week two. The sooner he's there, the, the more quickly we get him ready for the second game of the season. And if things go haywire on Thursday night and they lose to the Lions – extra urgency to go to Jacksonville and win. And that's the angle 
I didn't mention yesterday as we were talking about the historical holdouts. The most significant holdout, in my mind, goes all the way back to 1993. Yeah, right. When Emmett Smith wanted more from the Cowboys, uh-huh. they were the defending Super Bowl champions, just like the Chiefs now. He wanted more, couldn't get more, held out week one, Cowboys lost. Held out week two, Cowboys lost. I think to the Bills in I, week it two. It was. It was the Bills. You're right. And then, and then what happened? Jerry caved. And then what happened? They won the Super Bowl again. So, you know, I, I, this all helps Jones if they would lose the first couple of games of the season. It's going to increase the pressure on the team to get it done and get him in. And the one thing we can compare it to 30 years ago, Emmett Smith missing the first two games of the season for the Cowboys. They lose the first two. And I think they became the first team ever to start 0-2 and win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I believe you're right. Um, you know, hey – I mean, you you make a valid point. They lose, right? I mean, yeah, the the pressure. They lose, and Detroit runs the ball on them and kind of controls the clock. Yeah, not only are we going to be talking about it, but, of course, the Kansas City fan base is going to be going crazy, and there's going to be talk radio and on the newspaper, and Andy Reid's going to have to answer twice as many questions during a press conference about it. So, yeah, that's, that's an issue. Let alone, I mean, hey. You know, Lions, powerful offensive line. Jaguars, big, powerful offensive line. Bears. Okay, I know it's the Bears. Still one of the top, what, if not the top running offense in football last year. We know the Jets are going to be no joke at week four. So that's where, hey, there's some work to be done, especially if you're just talking about the D-line here. But, uh, yeah, we'll see it go. Hey, you know, now Kelsey's not there. I mean, yeah. I mean, the chances of them losing tomorrow night have definitely increased exponentially because, you know, a second awesome player in their franchise is not available. So you go from making me think they'll be okay to making me nervous about it. I, don't, I think you're just trying to – I'm giving both sides of the story. I'm just giving both sides of the story. As we get ready for our first <laughs> picks – contest head-to-head which i think we're doing from here tomorrow we are at some right point after the show yes we, we reconvene we'll go get some breakfast have some eggs have some bacon have some french toast i know you like your french toast with your bacon gotta have it and uh and then we'll come back and do our picks by the way i haven't announced this here or on pft this year our picks are the only picks we'll have at wow. ProFootballTalk.com. Wow. We're abandoning the separate contest between Michael David Smith and Damn. me. Because it was always kind of weird because we would do our picks podcast, and as soon as we finish, I would go down and publish the story right. with the picks head-to-head against MDS, right. and it's kind of two split things, and I'm rowing both boats. Let's just consolidate it all into one. So you're kind of officially joining even though i will never give you the keys to write anything on my website <laughs> thank god i don't you're want kind <laughs> of eventually you're kind of officially joining the fold that way okay uh, our, i'll put our scores up and we'll go head to head that way that begins tomorrow though by the way so uh uh we'll be doing that and the chiefs have gone from six and a half point favorites to four and a half point favorites so it's a two-point swing toward the Lions as a result of the Travis Kelsey injury and the lingering Chris Jones uncertainty. So, uh, yeah, hey, I still think the Chiefs are going to win. That's still where I'm leaning because of Mahomes. It's the same analysis we had back at the Super Bowl. Eagles are the better team. 
but the Chiefs have Mahomes. And this is a big moment. Even though it counts the same as every other regular season game, this is a big moment. It's got a playoff feel to it. It's the first game of the season. And, yes, you don't want to go too far all in and trying to win it because you've got to pick yourself up and keep going week two, week three, week four, and so on. But it still feels different than the other games. And you want to get off to a good start, and you want to give the fans a good show on the night that they kind of officially put the dagger in last year's championship and turn the page fully and completely and conclusively to 2023. Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah. And, and we'll, we'll see, you know, again, this is where, you know, the chiefs championship merit, all that is we're, we're, we're going to see, they're going to get an early season test here to, to see. And then the one thing I'll, I'll say that is going to benefit them a little bit, you know, the chiefs played in the preseason, the chiefs, the first team they got out there, so they'll feel a little bit more comfortable too. Where the Lions, you know, they didn't they didn't do too much there in that department. Um, so you know that's where the Chiefs do have a little bit of an advantage as well. But yeah, I'm excited to be there with you tomorrow, hang out. I don't know. I still don't know what the hell that thing is hanging behind you. Is that like a what? What is that behind you? Look, the uh, hanging from well, there over your left shoulder. Right there, you go. It's it's art back against the lobby wall. Oh, it's like good. real art, unlike good. the fake bricks oh. behind you in the studio. Good. I don't know. I just it thought we were cost getting... more than the Z brick wall. Can we put you a Kansas City or a Lion or a Sunday Night Football or you know something on there just to let the people know you're actually at the site of the game instead of just in the middle of some big room? <laughs> actually, what we're going to do tomorrow, I didn't want to spoil the surprise, but you and I are going to sit on each side of a big Saturday logo, and we're going to sit just in the right spot. You mean big turd cock. <laughs> I'll be there. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, trying to think of a segue, segue, segue. Okay. Um, and, and this is another story that kind of exploded yesterday. I was getting ready to leave. Some of the others at PFT handled it throughout the course of the day. And it's just kind of strange, and yeah. it's bizarre, and it's concerning. It's yeah. one of those things that happens that makes you concerned for the player because it reflects not usual behavior that makes you think, is the player okay? Chandler Jones went off on social media about the, the Raiders. The messages were deleted, but the content of the messages, number one, points to some sort of a problem between Jones and the Raiders, but number two points to some sort of a question like, is Jones okay? And we, we have learned in recent years to be more sensitive to the overall mental health and well-being of all players and all people, given everything we've been through, our collective trauma of the last three years. But something's up with Jones and the Raiders. Something may be up with Jones, and we just hope that, that they all work together to get this figured out. He was complaining about not being able to get in the building to work out, and it kind of went from there, Chris. But, look, we just hope that if there's an issue there that needs to be solved, they get it solved and they get it figured out and that Chandler Jones is okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know what to say about this situation. It's, it's definitely odd. I got no inside feel or anything there at all. Um, but yeah, I, I just kind of out of nowhere smacks you in the face. And I, I can't imagine the Raiders doing anything to make Chandler Jones mad de deliberately or doing anything like that. You know, I, I mean, one, Hey, there's history between him and this coaching staff Two, They paid him a ton of money 
to come up there, traded for him, got him everything from the, the Arizona Cardinals, right? I mean, him and Max Crosby across from each other are the like the number one thing you talk about on their football team. So he's certainly a valued asset. I know they drafted Tyree Wilson in the top 10 to eventually supplant him, but he's coming off an injury and not like ready to go yet that way. So that's where, yeah, it's it's a little weird there for sure. And I'm, I'm going to be interested to, you know, kind of unpack it, unpack this and, and hear what kind of really happened here with Chandler Jones. And at a time when we're just not sure what the Raiders are going to be this year, how competitive they're going to be, this is just another thing that you point to and say, they've got some issues they need to deal with. They've got some things they need to resolve. And first and foremost, our concern is that if Chandler Jones is, is having something go on that caused him to lash out that way, that he works with the appropriate people to get that taken care of because we want him to be okay and we want him to be productive and to go forward and and be happy and successful in all that he does okay let's take a break when we return mike tomlin had something to say to any family or friends who are excited about the onset of a new nfl season we'll let you hear what tomlin had to say next here on this wednesday edition of pft live the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it want more helpful tips like this go to keepitfunohio.com for games quizzes and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand